Hello all you film freaks and movie maniacs out there. My name is Nolan Carr and I'd like to welcome you to the go-to podcast for all things cinema. But before you can ask any questions, just sit back, relax, as I present to you a Strawland Studio Productions, Critiquing with Carr. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another edition of Critiquing with Carr. I can't believe we're back for another exciting week of reviews, but then again, I guess I'm still having fun doing it. Nevertheless, onto the festivities. Now, a few weeks ago, I reviewed Godfather 1 and Godfather 2, part of the Godfather trilogy. That was my first series I've ever reviewed, not together, but separately. That being said, what I'm about to talk about now with this review, with this episode of Memorable Moon Mondays, is part of my second trilogy, and this film is Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Now, as these usually go, we talk about who made this film come to light behind the camera and from the camera, its budget, how it did in the box office, its competition 2003 in terms of the highest grossing films of that year, as well as how it did during award season before we get to the real meat potatoes, which is my likes and dislikes and my final review out of 10 Diamond Daves. That being said, let's begin. Similar to the directors of the Godfather movies and The Dark Knight, Peter Jackson pulls triple duty with this film. By that I mean he is the singular director of this project. He is one of the screenwriters of this film, as well as one of the four producers of this film. Besides Peter Jackson, the other two screenwriters are Fran Walsh and Philippa Boyens. Of course, this movie is based off the book called The Return of the King by J.R.R. Tolkien. The other two producers of this film are Barry M. Osborne and Fran Walsh, who also join Peter Jackson. Starring in this film, we have Elijah Wood, Ian McKellen, Liv Tyler, Viggo Mortensen, Sean Astin, Kate Blanchett, John Reese davies Bernard Hill, Billy Boyd, Dominic Monaghan, Orlando Bloom, Hugo Weaving, Miranda Otto, David Wenham, Carl Urban, John Noble, Andy Serkis, Ian Holm, and John Bean. The cinematographer for this film was Andrew Lesney. This film was edited by two people whose names are Jamie Selkirk, and the other was Jabez Olson. This wonderful music was done by Howard Stone, and the production companies for this film were New Line Cinema and Wingnut Films, and it was distributed by Warner Bros. Pictures. It was first released on December 1st of 2003 at the Embassy Theatre in New Zealand, December 17th of 2003 in the United States, and December 18th of 2003 in New Zealand. It runs at 201 minutes, which is a very long film, which is about three hours and 20 minutes long. The budget for this film was $94 million, and the box office total that this film made was $1.161 billion, with a capital B, dollars at the end of the day. In terms of accolades, they are as follows. At the 2004 Oscars, it won Best Picture, Peter Jackson won Best Director, Fran Walsh, Philippa Boyens, and Peter Jackson won Best Adapted Screenplay, it won Best Art Direction, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing, Best Makeup, Howard Stone won Best Original Score. It won Best Original Song for Into the West. It also won Best Sound Mixing, Best Art Direction, and Best Visual Effects. At the 2004 BAFTA Awards, it won Best Film. Peter Jackson won Best Direction. Fran Walsh, Philippa Boyens, and Peter Jackson won Best Adapted Screenplay. Howard Stone won Best Original Score. It won Best Cinematography, Best Editing, Best Makeup and Hair, Best Costume Design, Best Production Design, Best Sound, Best Visual Effects, and Best Original Song for Into the West. At the 2004 Golden Globe Awards, it won Best Motion Picture for a Drama, Peter Jackson won Best Director, Howard Stone won Best Original Score, it was nominated for Best Original Song for Into the West. At the 2004 Screen Actor Guild Awards, it won Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture. At the 2004 Critics' Choice Movie Awards, it won Best Picture, Best Director for Peter Jackson, Best Art Direction, Best Editing, it was nominated for Best Acting Ensemble, Best Cinematography, Best Costume Design, Best Makeup, 
Best Score at the 2003 Satellite Awards. It won Best Motion Picture for a Drama. Peter Jackson won Best Director. Fran Walsh, Philippa Boyens, and Peter Jackson won Best Adapted Screenplay. Howard Stone won Best Original Score. And it won Best Original Song for Into the West. It was also nominated for Best Art Direction and Production Design, Best Cinematography, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing, Best Sound Editing and Mixing, Best Visual Effects, and Best Makeup and Hairstyling. At the 2004 MTV Movie and TV Awards, it won Best Movie. At the 2004 Empire Awards, it won Best Film and Best Director for Peter Jackson. At the 2003 National Board of Review Awards, it won Best Film. And at the 2004 Saturn Awards, it won Best Fantasy Film, Best Director for Peter Jackson. Best Writing for Fran Walsh, Philip Appointments and Peter Jackson. It won Best Actor for Elijah Wood. Sean Astin also won Best Supporting Actor. Best Supporting Actress winner went to Miranda Otto. It won Best Music for Howard Stone. It won Best Costume for Gila Dixon and Richard Taylor. It won Best Makeup for Peter Owen. It won Best Special Effects for Jim Riegel, Joe Lettieri, Randall William Cook, and Alex Funk. It was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, which was Andy Serkis. Now, when I do these reviews, I have a few favorite moments. And this is one of them being the top 10 highest grossing films of that year's release. I mean, number 10 was Bad Boys 2. It was distributed by Columbia Pictures. It had a worldwide gross of $273 million, and the lead actors were Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Coming number nine was X2. It was distributed by 20th Century Fox. It had a worldwide gross of $407.7 million, and the lead actors were Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, and Ian McKellen. Coming at number eight was The Matrix Revolutions. It was distributed by Warner Brothers. It had a worldwide gross of $427 million. Lead actors were Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, and Carrie Ann Moss. Coming at number seven was Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. It was distributed by Warner Brothers. It had a worldwide gross of $433 million. The lead actors were Arnold Schwarzenegger, Nick Stahl, and Claire Danes. Coming at number six was The Last Samurai. It was distributed by Warner Brothers. It had a worldwide gross of $454.6 million. The lead actors were Tom Cruise and Ken Watanabe. Coming at number five was Bruce Almighty. It was distributed by Universal Pictures. It had a worldwide gross of $484.6 million, and the lead actors were Jim Carrey and Jennifer Aniston. Coming at number four was Parts of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. It was distributed by Walt Disney Pictures. It had a worldwide gross of $654 million, and the lead actors were Johnny Depp, Jeffrey Rush, and Orlando Bloom. Coming at number three was The Matrix Reloaded. It was distributed by Warner Brothers. It had a worldwide gross of $739 million. The lead actors were Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, and Carrie Ann Moss. Coming number two was Finding Nemo. It was distributed by Walt Disney Pictures. It had a worldwide gross of $871 million. And the lead actors were Albert Brooks and Ellen DeGeneres. And coming in at number one was The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. It was distributed by New Line Cinema. It had a worldwide gross of $1.141 billion. And the lead actors were Elijah Wood, Viggo Mortensen, and Ian McKellen. Now, as we zoom through this review, it comes time to my ultimate favorite part of this review, which is my likes and dislikes section. And they are as follows. The Return of the King is a cinematic triumph that weaves together the threads of an epic journey with masterful storytelling and unforgettable characters. From the very beginning, the film captivates with its enchanting intro music, setting the tone for a grand adventure. The decision to delve into Gollum's tragic backstory in the opening minutes adds depth to the narrative, showcasing a commitment to character development. The Hobbit-cousin duo of Pippin and Merrin injects the first hour with levity and camaraderie, providing a refreshing counterbalance to the impending darkness. The film excels in portraying Gollum's dual personality and comedic yet poignant aspect that enriches the complexity of the characters. Sam's unwavering loyalty and protectiveness towards Frodo, especially in the face of the ring's corrupting influence, contribute to the emotional core of the story. 
The character of Theoden emerges as a standout with his internal struggles and the weight of leadership, adding layers to the narrative. John Noble's portrayal of Lord Denethor is a highlight, realistically capturing the character's descent into despair after the loss of his favorite son, Boromir. The film boasts spectacular battle sequences, notably the conflict at Gondor between orcs and the people. The dominance of the orcs and Denethor's apathy create a palpable sense of impending doom, setting the stage for an intense climax. The Pass of the Dead sequence, featuring Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, adds a thrilling dimension to the narrative as Aragorn leads the dead army into battle. The female empowerment sequences with Eowyn are commendable, culminating in her slaying the Witch King with Mary's help. The sequence of Sam saving Frodo and their contemplation of the journey towards the Fiery Eye showcases the enduring strength of their friendship. The final showdown with Frodo and Sam against Gollum on the Fiery Mountain and Gandalf, Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, and the soldiers facing the orcs is a breathtaking and emotional charged climax. The film's ending is nothing short of exceptional, with Frodo bidding farewell to his hobbit friends and joining Gandalf, his uncle, and the Alps. The emotional resonance and the farewell between Frodo and Sam brings the narrative full circle, leaving an indelible mark on the audience. While The Return of the King is undoubtedly a cinematic spectacle, certain elements may leave viewers with mixed feelings. The CGI portrayal of Gollum changing over time with the ring, especially in extreme close-ups, falls short of expectations. The unsettling nature of these visuals, particularly in the final moments, detracts from the emotional impact, serving as a rare mishap in the film's otherwise impressive visual effects. Two moments in the film stand out as cringeworthy. The abrupt crumbling of the land around the orcs and people after the ring's destruction feels overly theatrical. Additionally, Denethor's choice to emulate himself, realizing his mistake too late, adds an element of discomfort challenging the suspension of disbelief. In conclusion, while The Return of the King may have its imperfections, these are minor blemishes on an otherwise grand tapestry of storytelling. The film's strengths in character development, breathtaking visuals, and emotional resonance far outweigh any shortcomings, making it a remarkable conclusion to the trilogy. Now, as we somehow reach the end of this review of Return of the King, and I managed in some way, shape, or form to read all my notes for this movie, I still have time left to tell you my final review and ranking out the 10 Diamond Daves. Now, this is just for me. It could be different for you all out there, but for one of the greatest trilogies of all time, this is one of the greatest endings of all time. Although it's very long, the character development from start to finish, although it isn't that spectacularly different from the first film, does the job. It leaves you satisfied. There's no bit of it where you're like, oh, I wish there was more of that. You're comfortable with what they provide to you in the three and a half hour plus long movie. And I just, I can't say more about it to go from watching it just as a fan who's interested in this trilogy and these set of movies, counting The Hobbit, to then watching it as someone who's reviewing it and looking at the finer things in the movie. It was so perfect. And I'm so glad to be able to do this in a review form. That's why at the end of the day, at the end of this review, I give it a proud 8.5 out of 10 Diamond Daves. Now with that, I'll simply leave you with this. If you've enjoyed this week's edition of Memorable Movie Mondays, do us a favor by subscribing to the podcast, following the podcast, Leave a like or click on the heart button, turn on post notifications so you're updated with more news and updates regarding the show and future episodes, as well as sharing with your friends and family to help grow the podcast as well, as well as following Instagram at Critiquing with Car. And with that, until next time, when we see each other again at the theaters by Film Freaks and Cinephiles. Happy viewing.